A CNN report published over the weekend urged that China is ramping up efforts to interfere in Taiwan's elections with the involvement of China's military. The revelation comes only four days after a meeting between U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping. CNN said that China is using content farms and AI toward this purpose and has most recently spread rumors about the DPP's presidential and vice candidates. This is all being done with the aim of swaying Taiwanese voters to choose candidates who favor closer straight ties, CNN said. With AI use growing more prevalent, China has put the technology to use making fake news as part of its cognitive warfare strategy. A chilling picture of weaponized Chinese disinformation. Deep fake videos. A CNN reporter attended a closed-door security meeting in Taipei. During the meeting, intelligence officials warned that China is ramping up its use of fake news, as well as military and economic coercion against Taiwan ahead of the elections. They say China hopes to improve the chances of an election win for the opposition candidates, who favor closer cross-strait ties. A senior security official tells CNN Chinese leaders held a secret meeting in the mainland last month, hashing out election interference plans. The CNN reporter said that senior Chinese officials recently held a meeting to discuss how to influence Taiwan's election. At that meeting, Wang Huning, who is chairman of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, ordered officials to avoid letting evidence of their interference in Taiwan's elections be discovered. Intelligence sources say that China's military is also involved in Beijing's cognitive warfare efforts. This, despite a meeting between U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping only four days ago. President Biden told President Xi not to interfere in Taiwan's election. Is China going to listen to that? I don't think so, because they just keep doing it. National Taipei University Institute of Criminology director Puma Shen said China is operating content farms in fake social media accounts, through which it spreads fake news and arguments favorable to pro-China election candidates. For China, it's all about how to sway the people in the middle. I mean the swing voters. For example, one rumor that China has been spreading is that DPP vice presidential candidate Xiaobi Kim is still an American citizen, making her ineligible for election. However, organizations such as Taiwan Fact Check Center have said that Xiao gave up her U.S. citizenship in 2002. Experts say that while China's cognitive warfare against Taiwan occurs throughout the year, such efforts have been intensifying ahead of the elections. And now, because of the election coming, and there's many political and uh, malicious ones. Officials warn that China's efforts may undermine the Taiwanese public's trust in the government, and that Beijing may be practicing the use of fake news and false flag operations as excuses for possible future use of force against Taiwan. The U.S. has slapped bans on the export of high-end chips to China amid trade tensions. NVIDIA plans to circumvent these regulations by producing less sophisticated chips tailor-made for the Chinese market, which has earned a rebuke from U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. However, Raimondo currently seems to have softened her position. She said the Biden administration would continue to communicate with NVIDIA and added that AI chips could be sold to China provided they were not the most advanced cutting-edge kind. 
Foreign media reports said that NVIDIA has placed an urgent order with Taiwan's star chip maker, TSMC, to produce AI and high-performance computing GPUs, which TSMC will carry out the first quarter of next year. Nobunaga Chai, a special consultant to the Potomac's Industry Technology Development Association, in an analysis says it's not just NVIDIA that wants to sell lower-end AI chips to China. AMD and Intel also want to follow in NVIDIA's footsteps. Each year, the new Taipei government holds Christmas displays involving massive light displays and installations, known as Christmas Land. This year's theme is the government's mascot, Santa Bear and his friends. Christmas Land has drawn many visitors at night, and people also came in the morning to snap photos. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang shows us the highlights. The annual Christmas land is back in action and it'll run for 46 consecutive days. So, most beautiful at night, many children and adults paid a visit in the morning to snap photos with the giant Christmas tree. We have never been here at night and we think it would be more colorful and beautiful at night. So far, it's been great. It's so fun to see so many children. I think the light should be very beautiful at night. I will come again at night, but I haven't been here yet at night. I am from Yangmei and I came here especially for this. This year's Christmas land theme is Santa Bear mascot and his friends Gingerbread Man, Chocolate Mouse, Robbie Rabbit Snowman, and Macaron. Light installations with various themes are in several locations, including New Taipei City Hall Square, Wanping Park, the square in front of Banqiao Railway Station, and Fuzhong Plaza. One highlight is this large moving light projection show, which is 33 floors tall. In addition to light shows, the Christmas Land features a series of events such as concerts, a German Christmas party, a treasure hunt, a charity fair, and Christmas carol singing. New Taipei City's Christmas Land is in its 13th year. It will be open until January 1st for a total of 46 days. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Daya Luen in New Taipei. A new variant of COVID-19 called JN.1 has been shown to be highly contagious. A report from health officials in the UK said that cases involving the new variant rose fivefold in the month from October to November. At least 40 countries have had cases with JN.1 so far. And Taiwan had its first case in October when a foreign traveler tested positive for the variant. Due to this variant's higher transmissibility, in some countries like Denmark, 50% of the population have already been infected with it. With major holidays like Christmas and New Year's coming up, during which large crowds will gather together, JN.1 will become the main COVID variant worldwide. The XBB vaccine is still very effective against JN.1. So before the new year, it is advised that you get vaccinated. 
With the COVID-19 pandemic now behind us, most people are not getting vaccinated. However, more than 30 people have recently died in Taiwan following COVID-19 infections. 90% of those were unvaccinated people. The Taiwan CDC said that current vaccines are effective against JM.1 and recommends that people get vaccinated ahead of upcoming holidays. Renowned French film director Luc Besson is in Taiwan, the first time in nine years to promote his latest film. With him were his wife Virginie Besson and the actor Caleb Landry-Jones, a winner of the Cannes Film Festival Award for Best Actor. And this movie is about suffering and how you deal with your suffering. And what a beautiful subject, what a beautiful actor is for me probably the, the best actor in the world. Dogs are a little bit complicated, that's for sure. But in my life, uh, I film some whales, some white sharks, some dolphins, and dogs looks easier. Um, there were ballet class lessons, there was singing lessons. Um, I got to <clears throat> stay with some wolves. Just everything that an actor could 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 want uh, was was there for me to, to to take advantage of. The protagonist in the movie had been abused since his childhood and has dark thoughts. He joins forces with dogs to defend his life. The movie took two years to shoot and involved 124 performing dogs of different sizes and breeds. The production team also recruited 23 dog trainers and animal makeup artists to take part in the project. Today, we take you to a leisure farm in Ilan that won the first ever Asia Ecotourism Network Award in Innovative Ecotourism. The farm beat out rivals from 21 countries with its unique forest table tour, which combines a gastronomic experience with wildlife education. There are more than 300 leisure farms in Taiwan, many with greater cash flow or better locations. But it was this Elan farm that stood out and made its mark on the international stage. What's its secret? We find out in our Sunday special report. Against the lively melody of folk music, visitors from around the world emerge from a bus. The 17 guests hail from 15 countries spanning Oceania, Central and South America, Africa and Asia. It's a veritable United Nations. What brought them all the way to this Elan farm? Now this dining table is the bird table. If you want to eat from it, you'll need to pass a pop quiz. Please name a bird that's representative of your country. Our national bird is el quetzal. It flies. Wow! Very good! The visit was organized by the Foreign Ministry's International Cooperation and Development Fund as part of an ecotourism workshop. After sampling the bird table, the guests move on to turmeric jelly at the bee table. How was it? Good. Uh, very good. Very good. Do you feel like a bee? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then there's the wild boar table, which is covered with brown sugar soil. Oh, yeah. 
These forest dining tables are the brainchild of Swiss Taiwanese chef David Wu. He wants guests to feel as if they were animals foraging in the wild. The bird table, for instance, I started out by thinking about our natural environment, thinking about what I can use, what we have that birds like to eat. Wu aims not only to engage the five senses, but also to prompt reflection on nature. Why are these birds in our environment? Why are bees so important? If we use chemical fertilizers, we are harming bees and birds and other animals. We have to consider them too. Wu's gastronomic concept brings visitors to the farm from all corners. This year, it defeated 21 nations to win the Innovative Ecotourism Award from Asian Ecotourism Network. The farm was founded by Zhuo Chenming, now 84. 44 years ago, she and her husband bought a piece of mountain woodland for their retirement. In the 1990s, amid a government push for leisure farms, they ventured into agricultural tourism. In the early years of the farm, organic or eco-friendly practices weren't widespread. The couple used pesticides and herbicides until they saw for themselves the harms described in Rachel Carson's Silent Spring. Insecticides kill insects. It kills all the insects, and then birds eat the dead insects, and the birds die. When you spray herbicides, all the wildflowers and all the weeds die. What you get at the end is devastation, totally barren ground, soil that turns white. It was horrifying. It occurred to Jewel that ancient humans were able to produce good harvests without the help of chemicals. She began to study organic practices to explore how to coexist with nature. One practice she adopted was planting crops that were less susceptible to pests and more suited to the local environment, crops like sweet potato leaves and water spinach. Today, weeds and crops thrive in her garden side by side. It's just one of the features that set the farm apart. The farm's approach to sustainability was internationally recognized even before this year's award. In 2019, it was one of two Taiwan farms certified by the GSTC, or the Global Sustainable Tourism Council. That meant it aligned with UN sustainability goals, achieving a circular economy in food, ecology, and agriculture. We especially like to attract bees that are higher up in the food chain. They live here in what we call the insect hotel. Without using pesticides, the farm controls the insect population by employing worker bees. Wood and bamboo are used to attract solitary, carnivorous bees to the hotel for residency. The solitary bees catch insects and put them in here. Then the bees lay eggs and the hatched larva eats the captured insects. We especially want creatures higher up in the food chain to stay here, to help us control pests like water scavenger beetles and caterpillars. 
In another sustainable practice, the farm integrates ugly vegetables in a circular economy. This Leaves that are no good, we feed them to our cows, goats, and chickens, which produce excrement that we compost. After it's composted, it becomes organic matter that makes our soil very fertile. Over the years, practices like these have paid off allowing a rich ecosystem to flourish. To showcase local wildlife, the farm started to offer night tours. The tour tonight is not for guests, but for new employees from Taiwan, Indonesia, and Vietnam to familiarize them with the ecology. Spiders, snails, and stick insects make an appearance. Two mating beetles become the talk of the evening. Are you over 18? <laughs> this is a rated movie. These little animals are just a fraction of the wildlife that lives here. The most fascinating creatures remain out of sight, but can be observed with trail cameras. Here are wild boars, a family of three. A Formosan somber deer on a slow ramble. Reeves munchaks frolicking through the forest. Such footage testifies to the unspoiled natural environment, which is part of why the farm received GSTC certification. Leisure farms have existed in Taiwan for more than 30 years. Today, many have hit a ceiling in their growth. The farms have mainly reached two bottlenecks. First, they don't offer enough. Most still only do food and drinks and fun and maybe a few DIY activities. Once tourists have had the food and drink, they start looking for other destinations. The second thing is after tourists do the same DIY activities for a while, they get bored. Scholars suggest that green, sustainable tourism is the future. It could help leisure farms break past the growth ceiling and even attract international tourists. Besides drawing tourists from afar, the Yilan Leisure Farm also attracts global talent with its sustainable ethos. Its head chef hails from Switzerland. There's Malaysian national Mak Suk Ling, who first came to the farm on a working holiday. Rachel, a Vietnamese graduate student, joined this week. The first thing that made me want to come here was the natural environment. Just step out the office and you're in the great outdoors. I've learned so much about their sustainable practices. To me, these are new ideas and concepts. Through promoting Taiwan on the web, the foreign employees have brought more international exposure and tourists to the farm, creating a positive cycle that's also been good for the Taiwanese workers. When the first foreigner came, one with blonde hair, it was so curious. All the employees hid away and stared and said, how did a foreigner end up at our farm? But over time, we got more and more foreign guests. We also saw lots of foreigners who came to work for room and board. The Taiwanese workers had opportunities for cultural exchange, and they began to realise that our farm was pretty nice. By embracing nature and sustainability, Jewel has blazed a trail for leisure farms, all while collaborating with the local community. Jewel and her daughter-in-law are at the docks, visiting a fishing family that upholds sustainability. 
Bing Shujin's family runs three fishing boats. The household shares Jewel's commitment to sustainability, refusing to use nets to catch fish. We use fishing rods, meaning that we only catch a few fish at most. The quantity is kept low, so we don't throw off the balance of the marine ecosystem. As they share the same values, their partnership is smooth and effortless. Visitors to the farm are offered a fishing port tour that enriches their stay. The tour also helps to fill Lin's portside restaurant and to expand awareness of sustainable practices. Jewel also buys fresh produce from like-minded farmers. Local farmer Zhang Miling is committed to eco-friendly practices. Her fields are free from pesticides. She doesn't even use fertilizer. Although her harvests are smaller, she says she feels richer for it. Under the chef's skillful hands, Zhang's crops become gourmet fare for tourists. Through partnerships like this, sustainably farmed products and their stories can reach a wider audience. The farm is quite internationalized, so lots of people go there. When they visit, they can eat the food we grow and possibly hear our stories. I believe there's a lot of value in that. It can reduce a spark that catches fire. It can achieve a ripple effect that brings greater visibility to our mission. Under the ethos of sustainability, tourism can become more than food, drink and fun. Travelers don't just relish the moment, but do their part for the environment, preserving its beauty and diversity for the future.